This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Just wanted to thank you all so much for coming in and supporting us every single week. And I wanted to give a quick reminder to anyone who might be listening on Apple Podcasts. If y'all could just take maybe 10 seconds before you listen or even after the episode and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that really helps us out and we really appreciate it. But And as always, be sure to contact either myself at Dalton underscore Trig or our pod account at Step Back Mavs on Twitter if you have any questions regarding this upcoming free agency period or the draft or potential trades, anything of that nature. Hit us up and it might be discussed on the pod. Hey, this is Mark Cuban, and you're listening to the Step Back, the best Mavs podcast ever. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg, joined as always by my co-host in Dallas basketball on SI colleague Matt Glatson. Matt, how you doing on this fine Wednesday night? Uh, I am exhausted. I just spent five days in Aspen <laughs> at a bachelor party. Five days for a bachelor party is way too aggressive. <laughs> my friend that uh, my friend that recently got married about a month ago, we actually did his bachelor party before all this COVID stuff broke out. So it was it was like back at I think it was like early March before all that happened, and uh, it was only like two or three days. But yeah, I, I feel you. I five days. That, <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty aggressive. Yeah, I, I'm too old for that stuff. But hey, but hey, you you made it out alive and you live to see another day. So yeah, and I got That's to fly, fly on a private jet, which was freaking awesome. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram. That that did look really cool. <laughs> I was I was jelly. Maybe one day, dog. Well, I, I'm doing pretty good uh, over here, Matt, because as you know, that, that Hurricane Sally, you know, it was <laughs> a few days, uh, 48 hours ago, it looked like it was going to hit directly, like come up through Hattiesburg and Seminary, like right, right through where I'm at. And then, you know, the last 24 hours, it just like skirted off to the east. <laughs> Skirt. And took a just a sharp right turn to the east, and so we haven't gotten anything but just a little bit of wind. So that's been good for once, you know. There's there's been a lot of times we've come on here and recorded where it's just like downpouring, and you know you can hear the thunder in the background, and you know I, I've it's had to fight like through it. It's almost like it's not a podcast unless it's raining. Right, yeah, it's, it's uh, like I'm pretty sure at least seventy five percent of the ones we've recorded, it's been raining here. <laughs> well, it's raining here, so that's it makes up for it. <laughs> but anyway, so the big news of today, and you know, we were we were already planning to record today before this came out, but then the news broke, and we're like, oh, cool, we got something to lead off with now. But Luka Doncic, he was named to the All-NBA first team today, Matt. And, you know, before the season, I wrote about it. We talked about it. He was poised to take the next step. He won Rookie of the Year, had a great first first season in the NBA, uh, broke, you know, pretty much every rookie record that there was 
or at least got close to breaking it. Uh, and then he turns right around in season two and takes it up to an all NBA first team level. And I had, you know, they'll announce the final results for the MVP voting. I imagine, you know, within this next week. And I'm like pretty sure he's going to end up being top five in, in that, that voting too. So it's, it's amazing that he's 21 years old. He's already, you know, in the same company as the other four guys that are in that all NBA first team, Giannis, LeBron, James Harden, and Anthony Davis. Just, just incredible, man. He, he's got two more years left on his rookie deal. <laughs> and this is what we're dealing with. So can we extend them? <laughs> what? Uh, I was just joking. I said, could we extend them yet? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? it I mean, it's unreal. At this rate, he's going to win MVP next year. I mean, you know really, and some people write that down, Dalton. Luca's going to win MVP next year. And I mean, some people might be like, "Ah, oh, well, pump the brakes a little bit." But I mean, why pump the brakes? <laughs> people have been pumping the brakes on this guy. Well, not you know, not local guys, not Mavs people, but you know, every year it's just like, "Oh, well, you know." He might have a sophomore slump or something like that, and he just keeps breaking through each ceiling like it's nothing. So, I mean, why not? Why why can't Luca win the MVP in his third season? <laughs> he didn't face SMU in the NCAA tournament. He doesn't know what real competition is. Just crazy, man. Everybody saw – everybody that knew basketball – and watched him play, watched his highlights with Real Madrid before he was drafted, knew he was going to be special. Probably didn't know he was going to be this good this early, but they knew he was going to be special. And then you had people that was like, nah, I think I'd rather have DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> For, with Don, DeAndre Ayton's a good player, but he's not Luka. You know, Luka's generational. You mean how, like, when you write something and then somebody about how Lucas should be number one and then somebody changes it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're never going to live that one down. <laughs> uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. It, it got changed to uh, – you, you wrote it as uh, Luca being number one on our draft board and it got changed to eight and one A and Luca one B, and you were just like, no. <laughs> That is not what I said. Okay, well, anyway, so that's the big news. Luca, All-NBA first team. If it, if it weren't for COVID, he would have been the youngest player in NBA history to make the All-NBA first team. But because of COVID, because of the season being suspended and delayed and everything, he's the third, third youngest. So that, that's where we're at. And that's behind LeBron James and some other guy that Fish mentioned on on Twitter earlier that I can't I can't remember his name. But anyway, so moving on, the NBA playoffs, Matt. I know I don't know if you watched it. If you didn't, I know you kept up with you know Twitter after the fact. <laughs> but the Denver Nuggets again came back from a 3-1 deficit and beat the Los Angeles Clippers in seven games. And they didn't just beat them in game seven. They throttled them in game seven and just completely demoralized them. Like there was just – there they the Clippers couldn't have been beaten any worse in that second half than they were <laughs> in a game seven. It was unreal. And, you know, Paul George, he, he didn't show up down the stretch, which you kind of expected. But Kawhi Leonard, you know, he, he struggled. Huh? Pandemic P. Yeah, yeah, pandemic P. So he didn't show up, and you expect that. But then Kawhi Leonard, he also struggled. You know, I, he only scored, I believe it was 14 points. And Paul George had 10. I mean, that's, that's unreal that they had that bad of a game in game seven. But, you know, I, I hate to say it, and I, I tweeted about it afterwards. I was very, very harsh 
on the Clippers last night. But, man, if any team deserves it, deserves the heat that's coming down on them right now, it's that team. I don't think there's any doubt about that. What do you think? It's the biggest disappointment in NBA history. Like, at least the the heat when the Mavs beat them made it to the finals. And even, you know, and I, I know somebody, I said something along those lines and somebody brought up the fact that the Mavs, you know, after winning 67 games, lost to the Warriors that year. I would put it up there with that. And the only reason I would put the Clippers ahead of it is because you have two all-NBA players on your team. You have Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, there were, you know, championship expectations before the season even started. Uh, you, you have one of the deepest teams in NBA history. I mean, they just – I don't know. I – I picked them – it's it's crazy that my finals prediction for the uh, the Clippers to play the Bucks and now both, both of those teams that I picked have been eliminated in the second round. Yeah, that was my pick too. <laughs> Just uh, – it's unreal. So, yeah, it's it's very disappointing. It's up there with, you know, what happened to the Mavs in 2007. Um, it's up there with, you know, the Warriors blowing a 3-1 lead in the finals against LeBron and the Cavs that year. Uh, I have a a hot take. Go. I don't think this is anywhere close to the Mavericks. I think this is way more disappointing. I'm I'm biased. I I think it's close because I I remember, you know, I was only 14 at the time when the Mavs – lost to the Warriors, but I still, you know, when I see that We Believe <laughs> shirt with the yellow and, you know, the pictures of the the fans in the crowd and Jason Richardson and Baron Davis and all that, all those same feelings come flooding back. And I just remember okay. how upset I was. <laughs> no, that's, that's fair, but this team was assembled in the offseason and before they even took the court were basically crowned as the next NBA champions, or at least, you know, he's either going to be them or the Lakers. Yeah. That wasn't the case for the Mavericks. The Mavericks just came out and had an awesome season. And then right. they ended up you know, shitting the bed. But the, the Clippers, everybody was talking about how they were going to win the title. Everybody was talking about how good they were. Everybody was talking about how they had the best two-man combo in the NBA and the deepest team right. stuff. And then they just got worked in the last four games. Yeah. yeah, and I can I can agree, you know, from an expectation standpoint, I can agree that it's the most disappointing elimination for a team in NBA history from a just from purely a expectation standpoint. Because you know, I, I think a close second from that, you know, looking at it from that point of view would probably be the two thousand eleven Miami Heat. Uh you know, because they, <laughs> they, they had the, the preseason expectations, but, you know, they, theirs was taken up a notch because of the not one, not two, not three, the, the whole parade that they had uh, in Miami with uh, LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. And, but at least they made it to the NBA Finals. They didn't lose in the second round, <laughs> you know. So, that, it, it's bad, man. And I like I said – you, you you try not to pile on too much, but just given how harsh the Clippers were, specifically Montrez Harrell and Patrick Beverly, and uh, uh, I can't even think of his name. He's so irrelevant. The Morris twin, <laughs> Marcus Morris. Uh, given how they acted towards the Mavs in that first round series. I mean, I smiled. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And I, I know I know all Mavs fans enjoyed it. And, you know, we had our fun and everybody's piling on and uh, the Clippers laughing at them and everything. But let's just take a moment to acknowledge how good the Nuggets have been too because somebody mentioned this earlier to me, and I agree with it. It's kind of the same concept as when the Mavs beat the Heat in 2011. And, you know, 
they just took it from him. And the way they defended LeBron, they just basically broke him down. And that was the point where he realized he had to add more to his game and everything. But I just remember that whole offseason, it was just about how LeBron choked. And, you know, they didn't give proper credit to the Mavs for playing the way they did and Dirk the way he played. And so I just want to I just want to formally end this topic on the note that, you know, the Nuggets <laughs> that this wasn't a fluke. The Nuggets were good and they went out and they took it. And by them beating the Clippers in seven games, you know, they're they're fully healthy now. It it just reaffirms to me that the Mavs would have beaten the Clippers if KP had stayed healthy. That's just my opinion. I I truly believe they would have won that series, and then Mavs Nuggets would have been insane in the yeah. second round. I think you're I think you're probably right about that. I mean, I think the Nuggets deserve a little bit more credit than that. Um, but I mean, the Clippers deserve a little bit more credit than that because the Mavs gave it everything they had in that series, even without KP and. Those last couple of games were pretty brutal. Oh no, they they won it. I have no doubt. I mean, I'm I give the crip the <laughs> crip. I, I give the Clippers credit for you know doing what they had to do to win that series. And I know the Mavs gave their all. I'm just saying, if big if, and I know you can't change it, but if KP stays healthy, the only game that series where Luca and KP were 100% healthy, played the entire game, was game two, and the Mavs won it by 13 points. So, (laughs) At the very least, it would have gone seven. But you probably probably would have won. But But anyway, congrats to the Nuggets. Lakers, Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, that that has potential to be really, really fun. Uh, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, they have just been going insane. Matt, I don't know if you saw that, uh, those stats I've put out on Twitter earlier, but in the six elimination games that the Nuggets have played in this year's playoffs so far, Jokic is averaging like 26, 12, and 7 uh, on near 50, 40, 90 splits. And then uh, Jamal Murray, he's averaging like third. Let me let me look this up real quick. Ah, there it is. Thirty-three, six, and five on fifty-five, fifty-four, ninety splits. <laughs> Pretty good. Hey, when their backs are against the wall, oh my goodness, they. I don't know, man. That that's when they play their best basketball, and it's a ton of fun to watch. And then in the East, you've got the Celtics and the Heat. And, you know, that one came down to the wire in overtime. And uh, Bam Adebayo, he went and blocked Jason Tatum to seal that win. It was an incre- one of the best blocks I've ever seen in that, you know, type of situation. It was right up there with LeBron's block in the finals on Iguodala. So. Especially when you consider the fact that his hand got bent all the way back. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> as soon as I – as soon as I saw the steal shot and they zoomed in on it and they showed the steal shot of it, I was just like, man, if, if he shows up on the injury report for the next game with like a sprained ankle or sprained ankle, sprained wrist, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, his hand almost bent back into the basket. <laughs> Use like brute strength and just like, was like, you know what? I'm just going to push this this way. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the best defensive plays I've ever seen, period. It was awesome. The NBA playoffs just all together have been insane. Uh, the bubble experiment has been awesome. If you didn't want the, you know, the NBA to do this bubble experiment, I hope you've changed your mind by now because there hasn't been one positive COVID test, you know, since they've done it. It worked. It's been great. I'm so glad to have basketball back. You know, hopefully next season – at least in some capacity, maybe, you know, things can start getting back to normal and maybe you can just have limited crowds or something like that. But if not, if they have to do another, you know, season of bubble play, at least we know it works and that it's still just as fun. 
So anyway, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, we took some questions from you on Twitter this week. This is going to be the mailbag portion. Uh, we're going to start with Ryan. Ryan, he went on Apple Podcasts. Uh, he gave us a review. We appreciate that. Uh, if, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now, uh, just take a few seconds. Give us a review either you know, after you listen or if you want to pause it and do it. Uh, it only takes about 10 seconds, and it really helps us out. And uh, Our guy Ryan here, he, he left us a review and uh, also a topic to talk about. So we're going to start with that. Ryan asked us about the Mavs two-way guys. He said they didn't really use them. Do you think they'll be back? Or should they pick up guys that have different skill sets? Or should they take on some undrafted guys this year and develop them? So, Matt, I'll go first on this one. So, the Mavs two-way guys right now are uh, Antonius Cleveland and Josh Reeves. And you know how I feel about Josh Reeves. I think he has the potential to be a really good rotation player for the Mavs. I think he showed flashes of that uh, in the bubble, you know, before the playoffs started when he got a little bit of run uh, in some of those games. And Antonius Cleveland, I, I like I like Cleveland, but I'm not as high on him because he's just an, an older player. He's like 25, 26. You know, he pretty much is what he is at this point. Uh, but Reeves, and, you know, we had uh, Texas Legends coach George Galanopoulos on the podcast before this season started, and he was talking about how Reeves was already an NBA-level defender. You know, he has instincts that you just can't teach. And, like I said, he showed flashes of that. And depending on how this offseason goes and – if the Mavs end up having to make a big trade and they send out more players than what they bring back in, uh, you never know. They might have to have a couple of, you know, guys at the end of the roster like Reeves step up next season and, you know, contribute to what the Mavs are trying to accomplish, which is make it back to the playoffs and win. And you have to have guys with the defensive uh, – what's the word? The defensive habits – and mindset like what Reeves has. So that's my take on it. I'm still very high on Reeves. I, I hope he gets a chance going forward. Not as high on Cleveland, but I think if you do replace Cleveland, you have to, you know, look at a wing player with whoever you decide to get. So that's my take. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think the same. Um, I think Reeves is going to be really good. I just think he needs to get some more regular season run. Um, kind of build up his confidence and, and all that. But yeah. uh, I'd be happy just keeping him and then, you know, keep experimenting with another guy, find someone else. Um, Cleveland's fine, but, you know, why not take a flyer on someone else who you think has a lot of talent and it's raw, you know? Yeah. And on, on Reeves, one thing I like, well, we already know he's a good defender, but one thing I liked when he got some run in the – uh, exhibition games that the Mavs played before the real bubble game started. He's a really good cutter. You know, there were a couple plays where, you know, him and J.J. Barea had that that uh, chemistry that Barea and Devin Harris had where he would just <laughs> – Barea would just, like, zoom a pass past, like, two defenders while uh, Josh Reeves was cutting and – that's how he ended up getting his first NBA points, and then he did it like two more times after that. And I, when I saw that, I was like, man, I could see that being uh, Brunson and Reeves next year. I could really see it working. It'd be like Berea Harris 2.0, except they're younger and more athletic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if Berea – I mean, um, Brunson has really shown that he can make those kinds of plays or not, but – at least on a consistent basis. Yeah. But I, I like that because that would be ideal if they could move on from Berea and move into Brunson and, and Reeves and Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if uh Brunson has made it to that point yet. 
as a playmaker, but I do know that he's a much better secondary uh, secondary ball handler than what the Mavs, you know, had to choose from in the playoffs. <laughs> when yeah, well, let me take that back. Trey Burke it was amazing during the bubble and then in the bubble playoffs, but he's not. Brunson is a better distributor than what Burke Burke is, in my opinion. So. Yeah, I mean, I think he – well, well, we'll get into Burke later. Yeah. But anyway, so thank you, Ryan. Enjoyed that one. We're moving on to Austin now. Austin says, is there a way to fit Oladipo, Victor Oladipo, in a trade and still get Serge Ibaka or Jeremy Grant? What would have to happen for that to work? Would Grant take the full MLE for one year to play with Luka? I believe – the Mavs should be all in on Old Depot, then fill in the spot next to KP. And then he also mentions mentions Crowder as an option. So I'll let you go first on that one. What do you think? Trading for Old Depot and then still trying to find a way to get Ibaka or Grant? Yeah, I like it. Um, I think given what happened to Old Depot, I mean, I, I really like Old Depot. But I think given what happened to him and and everything, I think I'd maybe this is an unpopular take and I don't really care because I seem to have a lot of those lately, but um <laughs> I I really want to give Jay Crowder another shot. Oh, I do too. That's just my opinion. I I know Oladipo's probably a better player, but I mean, if they had had Crowder this season, man. It would have made a big difference. I think they'd still be playing right now. He's been amazing. And, I mean, look, Goran Dragic is good, and Jimmy Butler's good. So, that that's the two main, you know, ball handlers for the Heat that Crowder's playing with. But, I mean, if Crowder's playing this good with them, I mean, I, I think he'd be even better with Luka. So – now, the whole makeup of the Miami Heat right now probably better suits Crowder. But just individually, for at least for like his offensive style of play, I think he would fit in great with this Mavs team, you know, with Luka feeding him, feeding him the ball. So, I'm with you. I, I would welcome Crowder back with open arms. He's a much, much better player now than, you know, when he left the Mavs and that, uh, trade for the guy that quit on his team in the playoffs that year that we won't, we, I won't I'm not even going to mention his name because he he still piss, pisses me off but anyway wet <laughs> uh, from three bro yeah. <laughs> but yeah I'd be all for you know signing Crowder back the the question is does, would Crowder want to come back because I remember him being you know pretty pretty po'd that. <laughs> that the Mavs traded him that early. And he, he kind of held a grudge against the Mavs for the longest time after that. But anyway, kind of got off on Austin's last point there, but just reaching back to the beginning, there is a way to trade for Oladipo and still get Serge Ibaka or Jeremy Grant. Uh, you could try to convince one of those uh, latter players, uh, Serge Ibaka or Jeremy Grant, to take the MLE. But you could also, you know, trade a guy like DeLon Wright if he's not included in the Oladipo trade or Justin Jackson, some kind of uh, salary-clearing move to where you could just sign one of those guys outright. But that would be the easiest way, trade for Oladipo and then convince one of those other two guys to take the MLE. And I think it would be much more realistic to get Ibaka to take the MLE than Jeremy Grant, especially if it's like a one-year deal or a short one- or two-year deal. I think Jeremy Grant's going to end up getting like a three- or four-year deal and probably going to be out of the Mavs' price range. But I could see it working with Oladipo and Serge Ibaka. But anyway, <clears throat> all right, moving on. This is uh, Fabian. Uh, I believe he asked us a question on uh, our last mailbag, so – Good to have you back. This one says, is there a date set for the decision of the players with a player option? Is there a deadline for Tim to opt in or out? So, I don't 
I don't think there is a specific date set yet. Uh, we do know that the NBA draft has been officially set for November 18th, and typically free agency is one week after the draft. So I'm going to say that it, I think it's safe to say that Tim's opt-in or opt-out deadline is going to be somewhere between the 18th and probably like the 23rd or something like that. Cause he has to, he has to make the decision before free agency. So that, yeah. that that's, that's my thoughts on it. <clears throat> I mean, I totally agree. I, I don't really, I don't know how much I can add to that. I, yeah, right. <laughs> kind of a one-way question. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm looking for. November 18th, that'll be the draft. Uh, I don't know, man. I, well, now that I think about it, now that I think about it, the opt-in or opt-out date for Tim should be before the draft, should it not? Just in case you're going to, you know, make any potential tra- – I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation because I, I have no idea. I, um, I think now that I think about it, I think he has to make a decision before the draft because if he opts out, then you know going into draft night that he can't be used in a trade and you can, you know, look at other options. But if he opts in, then you can use him in a trade if you want to or they, he can opt in and they can agree to an extension like they did with, like the Mavs did with uh, Dwight Powell last year. So, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, Fabian, he <laughs> he got our brains working a little bit. So I I'm changing my my answer there. I think it'll be before the draft. So probably sometime between November 11th and the 18th. But yeah, we'll just have to see how the league decides to do stuff. It's just kind of a weird time. I don't know how it's going to work, but yeah, it took for, you know, they were, they were going to have the draft in October uh, at uh, about mid October. And then they said, well, we're going to push it back, but they didn't set a date. And then they said, okay, maybe November 18th. And then uh, just the other day, they finally, you know, set it in stone. Like, okay, we're doing it on the 18th. So We'll we'll keep getting info on that, and we'll know more as we get closer. But uh, things are going to start happening as we get closer to Thanksgiving. All right. This one's from Edward. He has three bullet points here, Matt. So the first one, and we're going to – let's just do, you know, short answer here. But the first one, what do you think about unrestricted free agent Duncan Robinson? Okay. First off, yes, I like him. Second off – He's not an undrafted, uh, unrestricted free agent until next offseason. Uh, but, yes, I, I love Duncan Robert Robinson. Uh, he's one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA already. Uh, I think he would fit in amazingly with this Mavs roster and, you know, what they, what they like to do on the offensive end. So, basically any – player on the heat right now i would love to have on the mavs <laughs> so that that's where i'm at i know i know we're supposed to like hate the heat and you know the, no we're not the that old was, rivalry and everything but i mean i just i don't anymore <laughs> no we're not we're not supposed to hate the heat we were supposed to hate Dwayne wade and he's gone so it doesn't matter it's very true i mean that that's really what it was that's that's why that's why i don't mind the heat anymore but anyway so that's a yes for me on Duncan Robinson. Number two, and <laughs> I'm going to let you answer this one, Matt. Could Dallas trade DeLon Wright for Frank Natilikina? I mean, they could. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if we're being super technical here, yes, they could. That could be a straight-up trade, and it could work this summer. Uh, well, I say that. I say that. I, I think, I think Wright makes like three or four million more per year than than Frank does. So they might have to put Justin Jackson in there. But yeah, I mean, it could work. Uh, it's not my first option for using Delon in a trade. But if it came down to it, and they don't have any other moves, I would rather experiment with Frank next year than you know go through another year with what we we went through with the line so that's where i'm at i mean the only the only i mean yeah 
um, the one thing you know is that um, Frank is going to already be a better. I think he's already a better defender than Delon, but he's going to. I think he's yes. going to bring more energy, for sure. He's going to bring more energy. He's already, in my opinion, a better defender. Uh, he's not making as much money. So, I mean, I think he still has another year on that rookie deal. Uh, and then he'll be a restricted free agent next offseason. So, I mean, yeah, I, I would do it. And also, I don't think uh, Frank Natilakina has a uh, former NBA brother that will, you know, stir the pot about playing time on Twitter <laughs> midseason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, Darrell, if – if he's not getting playing time, it's for a reason. It's because that reason is not very good. So it does look if, if you don't bring effort every single night, even you don't have to be the greatest defender. You don't have to be the greatest defender, but if you don't bring it, if you don't focus when you're out there, Rick Carlisle, he'll put you in the doghouse quick, and he's yeah. not shy about it either. And that's exactly what happened with the line ride this year. So, but okay. Number three from Edward here. Should Dallas try to trade Powell plus picks for a wing? No. Uh, well, that was a quick no from you, but I'm I'm this is conditional for me. So go ahead and give your thoughts and then I'll follow. Well, obviously it's conditional, but like who? You you gotta give us a name and Look, Powell, at least until we see how he recovers from his injury, there's there's a couple of variables. Like, you, you don't know if, hey, maybe he doesn't recover then or as well as, as people think he will, then maybe, you know, what's his, what's his value? What can he bring back? And the other right. one is, you know, if he does recover fully and is the same player he was before, which, you know, the odds of that aren't great, but he could still be pretty good then, you know, when he was in the lineup, he made the Mavericks immensely better. Like, yeah, he was kind of frustrating to watch sometimes. We all know that. But the fact is that when he was in the lineup, he was better than um, – you know, he made the Mavericks better. Yeah. So, well, I mean, here's the thing. Like you said, it's kind of a it's kind of a slippery slope there because obviously I think – I I think the Mavs by the numbers are slightly better with Powell because when he went down they still they they were still the you know running the most historic offense in NBA history and that's that's my only reservation there Matt because when Powell went down that pretty much solidified that KP was going to move from the four to the five. And we saw what that did for KP's game the rest of the season. You know, he played at a all-NBA level from the end of February through the bubble. So, up until when he tore his meniscus. So, even when he tore his meniscus, <laughs> he put up big numbers. So, I, I, I think you have to keep KP at the five right now. And, I mean, maybe maybe you can get by with, with playing Dwight Powell at the four, but I don't think he's the, the best fit there now, uh, you know, just, just because he can't shoot. And maybe he will come back. Maybe he'll still have all the athleticism he had before and it'll work out, but I just kind of think the dynamic has changed a little bit. And we saw what Willie Colley-Stein could bring to the team right before the – you know, the NBA season was shut down that last game against the Denver Nuggets. You know, he was a big factor in that game. And he's athletic, and he's a good defender, good shot blocker. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to – spoiler alert, but, you know, we might be having <laughs> Willie Colleystein here on the pod here in a few weeks. Uh, and that'll be fun. But, you know, just stuff like that, Matt, I, I almost wonder if Powell is expendable. And so, if you package Powell with picks for, like, just humor me here. Say that he has to be part of a package going to the the Wizards for Bradley Beal. 
not the package, just say he has to be a part of it with the picks and, you know, somebody else or a couple other players. You have to do that, obviously. Uh, but even, like, for a lesser player, like, say, maybe Kelly Oubre, would you do that? For Oubre, I probably wouldn't do it, no. But it's not like a for sure no, though, right? You're so, <laughs> I could hear it in your voice there. It's like you said no, but you had to think about it. <laughs> well, the only reason I have to think about it is because I don't know what he's going to be. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, 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 if, it's, if it's, you know, the Dwight Powell we know, then I don't do it. If it's yeah. the lesser Dwight Powell, then, you know, maybe. I'm not a big Ubre guy, though, so – yeah, I think Ubre would be great in uh in the Mavs system, but I also don't I don't know that uh Phoenix is itching to trade him either. So that that was just a random name I brought up, but I mean, I just like I said, I don't think you move KP back to the four and then Powell to the five like what you had before the injury. No, Not, but. But you, you, you can definitely have Powell as a rotational player that still makes you better if he's fully healthy. Right. But you also have to figure out the rest of your rotation because you've got Maxi Kleba, you've got Boban, and you've got Willie Colley Stein. I mean that that's just a lot of bigs on one roster. You're you're gonna have to uh they're gonna have to figure it out. I mean Yeah, and the other thing is we know how the Mavericks feel about Dwight. Oh yeah, it's not just his play on the court. It you know, he he's probably had the biggest off court impact in the last handful of years, you know, second to Dirk. Yeah, I mean they love him and he's part of the quote unquote Mavs family. So I it would take something drastic for, for him to be traded in my opinion. Yeah. Well, good questions there, Edward. Uh appreciate it. All right, this one's from uh Faro Tanner says, do you think the Mavs will look to retain Trey Burke, Willie Colleystein, and do you think that, you know, J.J. Barea and Dwight Powell are expendable? So basically along the same line, along the same line, the same lines, sorry, as uh, what we were just talking about. <clears throat> but I think they will. You know, I, like we were talking about during the playoffs, I think Trey Burke – uh, he really made a name for himself. He really impressed a lot of people within the organization and uh, especially with us. And it, it was great to see because, you know, when they traded for KP, when the Mavs traded for KP and they got Trey Burke the first time, that team was already done. You know, they, they were starting to tank. Uh, Trey Burke, he showed some flashes, but you really didn't know – what his value could be because he was playing on a, a tanking team that was trying to rack up losses. And then this year when Philly cuts him, they sign him back and put him in a playoff environment. And it's just like, wow, <laughs> this guy's really good. You know, he can be, he can be what we want Berea to be, but Berea isn't capable of being anymore. So. Yeah. Big game Burke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had some really big games. Uh, against the Clippers. So, I, I think they definitely will look to bring him back. Uh, Willie Colleystein, he has a player option for, like, a little over $2 million, I think. So, I don't know if he'll uh, exercise that option or not. I feel like he will. I feel like he'll, you know, pick up the option and use next season as kind of a, you know, build back up his value kind of year, especially with everything that might be going on with the salary cap this summer and you know how centers aren't really uh as valued as much as they used to be so i expect him to pick up that player option but anyway so yeah that's the quick answer there is i definitely think they'll look to you know keep trey burke willie collie stein and i think jj berea i don't expect him back with the team next year not not as a player at least uh if he wants to be a coach i think that'll be fine and then Powell is just, like we talked about before, it's just kind of up in the air because you don't know what you're going to get yet with him coming back from his Achilles injury. So, Yeah, I agree with all that. All right, here's our last mailbag question. 
this is from it just says Z Mavs. Okay. <laughs> so he says, what do you think about this scenario? And this, he, he thinks this is to him. This is his best realistic scenario for the Mavs off season. Trade both picks for THJ and Oladipo sign and trade right. And Justin Jackson for Serge Ibaka, and then re-sign Burke to a one-year MLE. Okay, so we've already talked Oladipo, and we've t- yeah, I think Ibaka was in that scenario, too, that we talked about. So I, this would be the more realistic scenario, in my opinion, than trying to get Serge Ibaka to sign for the MLE. Now, he, he might. I don't know what exactly he's looking to get paid this summer, but he might – take the MLE, but I think this is more realistic. You, you know, you get, if you got Oladipo, then you could sign and trade right and Justin Jackson to, to Toronto after you make an agreement with Ibaka, bring him in, uh, and then re-sign Burke to a one-year MLE, and I think Burke would take the MLE. I don't know if they'd want to spend the full MLE on Trey Burke, but I think that's definitely doable. The only thing is, Matt, and we, you know, we, I haven't talked about this as far as the Ibaka front goes, but you know, I just mentioned it a while ago that you're going to have Powell, you're going to have Kleba, you're going to have uh, Boban, probably going to have Willie Colley Stein. You're already going to have a handful of bigs. So if you do anything that brings Serge Ibaka in, I think you have to part, you probably have to part with Kleba to be honest, uh, just because they, they, they bring the same things pretty much. I don't think Ibaka, you know, he's not as perimeter-oriented as Kleba can be, but he still brings the same rim, rim protection. Uh, he's a more seasoned player. He's a better offensive player, in my opinion. And believe it or not, Ibaka is only two years older than Kleba. I was shocked when I saw that. <laughs> they might have to (laughs) they might have to check Ibaka's birth certificate or something it's kind of like uh that baseball movie bench warmers (laughs) but that's where I'm at it as much as I like Ibaka and I think he would bring so much to this Mavs team that they're missing as far as like a gritty guy that that plays both ways and has championship experience and all that there's going to be a log jam of bigs and I think they need to just focus more on, you know, getting, getting more capable wings on the team. And then if you can still fit Ibaka in there, then, you know, go for it. Yeah. I think that's a really good scenario. And I think that's a conference finals team. Um, Ibaka does a lot of things that the Mavericks need better than Kleba. Um, better than Willie Cauley-Stein, better, better than Boban. Um, Boban's going to be a Maverick for the rest of his career, I think. Oh, um, I would love it. I would love it. I love Boban. <laughs> I'd love to bring Trey Burke back, even if it's on the MLE. I think, he's, uh, I think that's great value if he continues to do what he proved he's capable of doing this year. Um, I mean, that's a really good team, man. I don't hate that at all. Yeah, I don't either. That's the only thing. Like I said, if if you do that, if you do that, I think you have to make a couple more moves uh, to move at least, you know, one or two of your other bigs and bring in some more capable wings off the bench. Because unless you want to make Kleba a full time like small forward, <laughs> yeah, like like for example, <laughs> for example, like in this scenario if they traded for Oladipo and they traded THJ away and the picks for Oladipo sign and trade right. And Justin Jackson for Ibaka, like instead of re-signing Burke to the, to the MLE for one year, if you could somehow get Burke to sign like a, like a one plus one vet minimum deal, uh, which I mean, as many years as he's been in the league, I'm sure it's, you know, uh, it's, it's probably higher than what, uh, what the lower end veteran minimum is. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? Him sign 
a one plus one vet minimum deal and then try to use that full MLE for a guy like Crowder or, you know, somebody like that. I think that would be an, a, a very, very good off-season scenario for the Mavs. So I really enjoyed that one. All right. Matt, before we take off here, that does it for the mailbag, but before we take off here, I would just like to point out that Bradley Beal did not make any of the All-NBA teams, and he tweeted about it. (laughs) It was a video of uh, DeMarcus Cousins. You know, it was a post-game interview that went viral years ago when he was in Sacramento. And he just kind of reposted that video that basically saying that y'all see what's going on and yada, yada, yada. So basically Bradley Beal, he is upset that he didn't make the all NBA team. And my, my advice to Bradley Beal, Bradley, if you're listening to this, I know you're not going to, but if you are, you need to try and find your way to Dallas, my friend, (laughs) you you will be a guaranteed all NBA selection for the foreseeable future if you make your way to Dallas and play with Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. I guarantee you. So that is my plead to Bill. And, you know, if y'all want to try and get him to hear it, y'all go right ahead. I'm just telling him if he want, if that's what he wants to do, make multiple all NBA teams, he needs to come to Dallas and play with Luka. So. That, that that's what I wanted to end on that. Do you have anything to add? <laughs> nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> you don't want to put in your plea. He knows what I he knows what I think. <laughs> he knows what we are. Oh, we're gonna lose it if something like that happens. I'm I'm not holding my breath, but I mean Donnie Nelson, he he never seems to uh cease to amaze us, so we're hoping for the best, but Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. As always, we appreciate you all coming in every single week and listening to us. And we've had a really fun offseason so far uh, while still enjoying the NBA playoffs and hope you have as well. So we're going to definitely keep doing these mailbags as we get closer to the draft and free agency. And we'll keep answering your questions as you send them to us. So we appreciate it. Y'all be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite platforms. And y'all have a great rest of the week. See you next time. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days when I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ. Crossover doing step backs in a pair of chains. These days I'm about my chips like a bag of lays. I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same. How you real when you say your soul for the fame? Do anything for a dollar. I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot. Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar. Excited at the idea of being a true baller. Riding in the bands, a copper and